1: hello everyone it's chris platty now on today's episode of strictly hoop talk i have my boy nicholas henkel once again piston powered pistons twitter goat nicholas henkel is back on the podcast once again and this time we are going through the trade season basically because now that december 15th as you know all the free agents can now be traded this is kind of kicks off from now until the february trade deadline all the all the rumor mill really starts to Uh, circle right now and this is when deals tend to really get done is in this span of in this span of months so what nick and i do is we each pick three interesting teams that we are watching for in the trade deadline kick around some trade ideas and of course it wouldn't be a chris platy and nicholas henkel podcast without some without some piston jokes and some just basketball jokes so without further ado i'm going to throw it to the podcast but before i do that Make sure to subscribe to me on YouTube. I will be dropping new YouTube content very soon. I uh, got very special content coming. I won't say more than that, but NBA fans will love that content that I have coming. And then also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at real Chris C H R I S P L A T T E. If you don't know how spell real, don't follow. Now let's get into today's episode. Alright, hello everyone. Welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platy, and returning to the podcast is my man Nick. Nick Henkel from Pistons Twitter, the guy, the GOAT of Pistons Twitter, <laughs> man. How are you?
2: I'm great. Yeah, I'm 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 a huge fan of of being able to hop on people's podcasts. You know what's crazy though? Is and I actually I said this to my girlfriend too. It was actually super wild. You texted me. Asking if I wanted to come back on. It was literally maybe three or four hours prior to you texting me. I was re-listening to the last episode that we did together. Ah. Like it was a complete coincidence, and <laughs> and so you texted me, and I was like, "There's no way." Like was he able to track the data and see that you know I was listening to it? And he, you know, I wanted me to come back on again. So that was that was super wild timing, and. I was listening to it, and I was like, man, I I had a lot of fun on there. I was like, I hope he asked me to come on. And, yeah, it was just a few hours later that he did. So (laughs) I'm, I'm super pumped to be back, man
1: well you know that's great but i have to cut this out because now that you caught on to me hacking ip addresses and figuring <laughs> out where everybody's at now that now that you caught on to the whole scheme we'll have to edit that part out and then yeah. you'll just have to act surprised that you're back but no <laughs> i'm i'm happy to bring you back it was actually i was looking at the date um it, it was it's literally been exactly one month since the last time we uh we had a conversation talking oh hopes. for
2: sure yeah i figure if we keep up the same pace uh in two months By the next time I'm on, the trade deadline will basically be around uh, when I would come on again. So if it was like a monthly thing, it would actually end up turning out pretty well. I guess we'll just have to do that. We'll just have to set a
0: reminder.
1: And that folds perfectly into today's topic, man. I mean, you're really, you're really, you're really. Putting yourself to a high level here on the podcast by already doing transitions for me and everything. Hey man, I I
2: do this thing. I'm 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 no scrub. I do this thing.
1: Oh yeah, you you do this thing. I know the live streams. You do this thing. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. So, NBA trade season has started. Um, I know Zach Lowe and Woj are doing a thing. I haven't heard that yet, but uh, I wanted to do this thing because NBA trade talk is some of my favorite stuff to do. I just really love to kick around ideas, look at teams, and and kind of see what what kind of tinkering ideas i can i can come up with to see you know make a team better or you know or kind of figure out a team direction so what nick and i are going to do is we each have written down multiple teams and we're going to go back and forth and each pick three teams to talk about and why they are interesting come this trade season maybe this means that they don't make a trade till february like you said the trade deadline in two months but you know, this open this is the season where it starts to become because obviously the contracts that were signed in the summer are now able to be traded. And since that was a good majority of the league, now that the the trade market is really at its full fruition, so what's the team you want to kick off this discussion with?
2: It's not a very exciting team, but it, it's the, it's the one that I think most people have their eyes on. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers, and mm. it goes deeper than than just Kevin Love. Obviously, he's the, the main piece that's most likely going to be moved before the February deadline, um, and I'd say well before the February deadline. You'll see him get dealt, um, but... The Cleveland Cavaliers reportedly made it known that they're willing to part with anybody that's not named Darius Garland, and obviously that's not going to happen. You know, you're not going to see a uh, a sort of Cleveland Cavaliers fire sale like you saw two years ago. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember uh, when when LeBron was still there. Yeah. There was about a 30-minute period where I didn't check my phone, and because I was at work <laughs> at the time, and by the time I picked my phone back up, uh, half of the the Cavs roster had been traded. Um, I mean, it was, it was insane. Uh, so I don't, you know, there's a chance that you could see something like that. I kind of doubt it. Obviously Kevin Love for sure. will get moved. Um, I think you'll see Jordan Clarkson get moved. I think maybe you'd see Tristan Thompson get moved, but I don't really know what his value is. Um, I've been on the, uh, Jetty Osmond's going to get traded to Philadelphia train for a few weeks here now. So I think you're actually going to see a lot of names, uh, come in and out of Cleveland. Um, so Although yeah, they're not the most exciting. I think they they might end up being the most active team, just trying to retool and and figure
1: something out. Yeah, that's interesting because Cleveland, <clears throat> excuse me, Cleveland is not a team that i that I really thought of beyond Kevin Love. You know, I know obviously that situation is going to come to a point and what you talked about with the with the possibility of them you know having a fire sale i agree with you it's unlikely just because you look at a lot of their contracts and they're ridiculously expensive like people forget just how massive cleveland's payroll is yep. they, they i believe it's a top 5 payroll in the nba if not it's it's certainly around there it's up there yeah and you know, Tristan Thompson making 18 million. Brandon Knight, I'm looking at the trade machine now, makes 15 million. I forgot about that. He makes that much. Jordan Clarkson, 13. Larry Nance, 12. He just started his new contract. John Henson, nine from the Milwaukee trade. Del Vadova, nine. You know, so they got a lot of sizable pieces um, and expiring deals. You know, Tristan Thompson, um, Brandon Knight, Jordan Carson. So there, there are some options for players uh that have sh- very short term cuz I know everybody is looking at the 2021 free agency. Right. That's right. the over that's the that's the thing that's looming over this trade period is, you know, the possibility of what's going to happen there. So they have some good uh some good contracts to get off their books. And I like what Cleveland did last year with the trade deadline, or not the. Tra- I don't think it was the trade deadline. I think they made the moves more in December when they took on, when they did the Milwaukee trade. That was more in before the deadline, wasn't it? That was it?
2: before the deadline. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And I like that they did that. They took back some bad salary and got some picks. And I, I think they should, you know, look to do similar deals in that in that vein because I don't think really many of their players have. Uh, have value at the at the price that they're at for for any for any team long term unless somebody is super interested in a colin sexton but i don't see i don't really see uh cleveland really giving up any or um i don't see their assets really returning anything more than just being expiring
2: yeah i mean besides kevin love i think the the chain of interest would probably go jordan clarkson jetty osman then yep colin sexton i think colin sexton is almost like a i I use this comparison very loosely like how the sixers were just kind of like we need to move on from markel fultz and then they gave him up for i think a second round pick and jonathan simmons so um i think you might see the same thing with colin sexton just because okay if they're trying to trade if they're making everybody available besides darius garland it's very clearly because that duo just kind of doesn't make any sense. Everybody thought it was a little peculiar that they drafted Garland in the first place considering they just drafted a point guard uh, a year prior. Um, Colin Sexton is, is an incredible uh, defender. Uh, he's super high energy. He is, I mean, he tries on every single play. Uh, he's kind of like Bruce Brown um, in, in that he's trying to sort of elevate his offense. Um, his jump shot is just kind of inconsistent. Um, so I, I think the Cavs could get something kind of interesting for him. And to me, that's probably their most attractive asset. Um, I mean, not for Detroit, but but for anybody, you know, maybe you'd see the the Jazz go after him or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, I think the Cavs are interesting just because of the sheer number of, of players that could be traded.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that's the thing that really helps them is that these players are on expirings because their contracts, like you said, I I don't think there's really anyone. On the Cleveland roster, outside of their rookie contracts and, and the Chetty contract, that are really set to like what market value? You know what right. I mean? Right. Hundred percent. They're all pretty much inflated. Uh, what do you think about what do you think about the idea of Kevin Love trade scenarios? Like we'll we'll talk about him because he seems to be as of right now the biggest trade piece on the market that we know of. So with him, I mean. I've seen, you know, Portland's obviously a big one, both just basketball and narrative-wise, and then also, um, also Milwaukee. I've heard, I've heard, you know, talks about Milwaukee maybe, you know, exploring that avenue as well. What do you, where do you think is a good Kevin Love trade scenario? I mean, I've been on the. I think most people have been on the Portland train for about a year uh-huh. and a
2: half now, and and yeah. it's it's really cool that we sort of spoke it into existence because you did yeah. correctly point out that it is actually sort of a narrative thing too. That's where he grew up. That's mm-hmm. you know where he actually wants to be. Um, but, but we've always just kind of been like, man, wouldn't Kevin love in a, in a, in a trailblazer uniform. Like that just feels right, man. Like that, you see yeah. that, that's just like, that's, that just, that seems like it's supposed to be a, a perfect fit. Um, so to me, I'm, I'm not going to stray too far from that. I would be surprised if he went. Uh, to Milwaukee there are a handful of teams where I could you know see and be like okay yeah that makes sense but to me Portland makes the most sense it's just a matter of how that trade gets done Um, I'd be very surprised if Portland gets out of it without losing Anthony Simons Um, some people think they'd trade Zach Collins who is hurt right now Um, but uh, uh, I'd be shocked if if Portland did that Um, but you're definitely gonna be unloading a contract you're gonna be giving up uh, either Rodney Hood or uh, uh, Kent Bazemore yeah. Or even maybe Hassan Whiteside. I mean, I don't know that they'd really want to uh, bang down low with Tristan Thompson and Hassan Whiteside. I don't know if that's really a front court that you want to, uh, a rotation that you want to have to deal with, um, especially because of the payroll. But um, I- I'm going to go ahead and it's, it's it's Portland. It has to be.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Portland makes the most sense because, like, with Milwaukee, it gets a little weird. Like, I was playing with the trade machine. Like, you kind of have to include Bledsoe maybe, yeah. And in in that trade, you know, I know that, you know, the Bucks are, are ex- they're kind of scared about, you know, the Bledsoe deal. You know, they thought, you know, a year ago this time they thought they were making a fantastic deal when they extended them in like March, I guess like nine months ago. They thought they were making a fantastic deal on Bledsoe, but... You know the, the playoffs kind of have them shaken, and so I think that they're looking they're they're very much open to moving Bledsoe for the right piece, uh, especially because they do seem to have faith in this, uh, some of their un, other younger guards like Pat Connaughton and and also uh, some of their veteran guards like George Hill. But I don't know if they would be that confident in their guards enough to lose Brogdon and Bledsoe essentially, and then add another piece to a to an already loaded front court with you know Giannis. Uh, Lopez, both the Lopez. I, I was going to say, say both the yeah. Lopez's.
2: Yeah. Well, well. Here's here's what I'll say to that: is you're 100 percent right. Do the do the do the 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 Milwaukee Bucks want to um, sort of jeopardize? They're on pace to win 73 games this season. As it stands, is that going to happen? No. But still, that's what they're on track to do. Um, is that something they want to toy with? I don't really think it is. However, if trading for Kevin Love is your main prerogative, um, you're relying on. Dante DiVincenzo, you're relying on maybe even Sterling Brown. You're relying on Pat Connaughton. You're relying on uh, um, George Hill to fill that th- those guard positions. Well, maybe mm-hmm. we sort of tie it all together. Maybe somehow it gets worked out that they also get uh, Colin Sexton. You know what I mean? Just so there's, there's, a, there's a point guard, there's some familiarity with Kevin Love coming along. Um, that would be sort of super abstract, and I'd be shocked if it happened. Um, that and that the, the, this kind of goes back to what we said about Portland, where it just makes the most sense because there are the fewest moving parts. There's sort of the, the it's sort of a, a lot lower of a risk than what Milwaukee would have to take. Yeah. Um, but it would be very interesting, and Milwaukee would 100% uh, win the finals.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just envision Kevin Love. You know, regardless of uh, of salaries, if you could just throw all that stuff out the window and just think of the the just pure basketball of it. Kevin Love in Milwaukee would be an absolute uh would be an absolute fun thing that I'm 100% here to see.
2: I mean, no one would re- out-rebound that team. No. I'm mean, no getting one.
1: 60 rebounds a night. Easy. Offense and defense. 100%. <laughs> but yeah, I mean Kevin Love to Portland um makes a lot of sense for like you said all all of the all of the reasons um you know, the Kemp base one Rodney Hood seems like a logical Seems like a logical thing. I I think that they would want to keep Whiteside because their front court is short. Yep. Um. So they would want to keep, and then and then all of a sudden you go from having a front court that was very thin to having Kevin Love, Melo, uh, Whiteside, and Nurkic, and all of a sudden you should have ideally 48 decent to solid minutes of um of front court play. I mean, the thing is, is we don't
2: even know when Nurkic is going to return. And there's a chance that he's probably not even going to be able to play this year. So you're just hoping that Zach Collins can come back from injury whenever he's going to be able to um, and sort of fill that 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 position uh, in the front court. So either way, Portland is taking a little bit of a gamble. But at the end of the day, they kind of need to do something
1: substantial um, because uh, it's not looking great for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, Portland was a team that I had, so I'll uh, instead of talking about them, I'll talk about another team. Let's talk about the Indiana Pacers. Okay. They're really interesting to me. So, Indiana Pacers. Um, I'm blanking on their record at the moment. What is I've, it? Last it's I knew, they were good.
2: 13 and 8. I don't remember what they
1: are now. Yeah, I will look it up right now. But Indiana has been a surprising team. After I remember when you and I first first uh, did our podcast a month ago it was right after they were starting to rebound from their 0 and 4 or 0 and 3 start to the season and yeah they're now 17 and they're now 17 and 9 um so they're a couple they're like two games out of the third seed in the Eastern Conference essentially without Victor Oladipo without, yeah yep so the thing is, and I know that I know the history of Indiana and how Indiana is not really a team. Their ownership is not really interested in paying the luxury tax or going all-in on a high payroll. But do you think that, the, that this early season success convinces them to say, let's go all-in, let's get one or two more players at the trade deadline? Or are they just going to be like, you know what, we got Victor Oladipo coming back. So we should be we should be very good in theory, and we'll just take our chances and see what uh, Victor Oladipo plus this Pacers team does.
2: Yeah, I mean, so the, it's the latter for sure. Uh, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. I think it's a really interesting theory, but um, it, it is very on brand of the Pacers just sort of stand pat and say, okay, we don't really need to do anything. We're just going to roll the dice with what we've got. Um, the Pacers right now are sort of doing the opposite of what they did last year. I know they had a little bit of a shaky beginning this year, but as it stands, uh, they're getting better and better without Victor Oladipo. And a season ago, as soon as he dropped out, they were still very, very good. They were exceeding the expectations that people had. But if they had Victor Oladipo, they would have been able to to continue to elevate their their game. So I think you're going to see that this season too. If they're if they're just out of the third seed right now, imagine when they get an all star shooting guard back. So right that whole well, maybe if we just get one or two more players, well, you'll be getting one of them back. You'll be you'll be literally getting an all star shooting guard back here, not soon, but soon enough. Yeah. Um so I I actually don't know that that Phil, Philadelphia that Indiana makes any uh, any major moves, you know, maybe you see something small. I know Miles Turner is sort of on the bad side of some Pacers fans. I don't really know where they are with him, you know, with their management. Um but uh I don't think they're going to do anything super substantial now.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I just pose them as they they're interesting to me cuz they cuz they're in the position where they could you know, they Absolutely. they could really go for it like they've never had before. And the other question I had, I guess you walked right into it, was the Miles-Turner-Sabonis thing. Um, I have both for fantasy, so I know firsthand how much Sabonis is killing Turner's yep. value. But um, I I think I think that that front court still works because, you know, Turner, if, as long as he's okay with spotting up on threes and blocking shots on defense, like, he's a great fit next to... Uh, next to Sabonis in in my opinion but I like you said there seems to be a bit of a waiver on Miles Turner do you think that do you think that they're even sniffing around at trading him or do you think that they're and they're kind of exploring the idea of hey let's use Sabonis let's build around you know Victor Sabonis Brogdon and you know some other pieces
2: and whoever we get from Miles Turner right yeah so yeah that's a, a great point I mean the the, the 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 dynamic of Miles Turner at the five, Sabonis at the four, it, it creates a very, very reliable four or five pick and roll option that they don't – I don't think they utilize a, as much as they should. I actually think the same thing about Detroit, but mm-hmm. um, the difference is that with Indiana, both of them can – stretch the floor so they can both spot yeah. up from three so it provides what could potentially be a very very lethal pick and roll option um so bonus has earned every penny of that extension that he absolutely signed. and i'm i'm sure uh pacers fans are very very glad that they shelled out that money um i'm sure that there are some quiet conversations um sort of testing the waters you know what can we get for miles turner uh without crippling this team um, because at at the end of the day, I don't know what you're trading him for. Are you trying to get a different center that sort of uh, elevates Sabonis's game? But even then, I don't really know what that would be. Because with Miles Turner, when I watch him play, he's a he's a reliable three point shooter. And maybe yep. my assessment is completely off base. I don't enjoy watching him on offense because I don't think he's great defensively though I think he's outstanding and he's yes. probably one of if not the best shot blockers in the NBA so um I, I just I'm a little stumped on what exactly his value is I don't know if maybe you have any insight towards that but I'm I, I'm almost certain that there have been some conversations you know hey what would you guys uh, be you know give us for for Miles Turner or you know some assortment of a, a package centered on on Miles Turner but I don't think that's something that they're going to explore unless it's a godfather offer that they cannot say no to.
1: Yeah, I I'm with you 100%. I don't really know what the value is of Turner today. Like I think I think he at 18 million um you know, I think he fits like he's right he's right out of that range or I guess he's still kind of in the range of like you can make that all in move to get that player like he's still tradable. Once you get to about 20, it gets a lot harder to trade. Yeah. So at at 18, he's kind of right at the tail end of that range where it's like uh oh, we'd have to give up a good amount of salary and you know, in theory, in theory, you know, if you're a team that's run well and you're in a position to win, then most likely your salary's been used well, so you're actually giving up good value to get that player. So I I think that Turner is kind of is kind of interesting to contenders. I think if if he were to become available, but like you said, I don't I just don't see why why they would. That's kind of really why I pulled it out uh, pulled this question out because I kind of wanted to pull it out in the sense that I think it I think it's kind of almost ridiculous that that we're having a discussion about Turner because this team like you said is do, doing all this great winning without their all-star shooting guard and you know everything everything looks right like they fit like everything fits you know Miles Turner may not fit perfectly but he fits enough within Indiana for this team to be for this team to be good so why why would they you know they're not a team that's in a direction where they're where where they want to blow it up and tank They're and they're you know they're a good team they're Three games or two games out of the third seed, so I really just don't see why Turner would be there. But he's he's a player who I really would like to see what his value is. Truthfully,
2: yeah, and I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think as we're talking about this. You know, out of the other 29 teams, who's looking at the Pacers and thinking we need Miles Turner to sort of
1: take us to that next level? Um, I think I think if um, you know if you can make the salaries work, I think Portland's a team. I think they would rather have Turner than Whiteside.
2: You know who I think is actually maybe even a more interesting pick? Who's that? The Dallas Mavericks.
1: That I really like. I really like him next to Porzingis.
2: Yeah, they're very big on the idea of getting Andre Drummond. I learned Mavericks Twitter wants Andre Drummond very badly. (laughs) Um, But I actually think that. They might want Miles Turner a little bit more just because of his ability to to space the floor, uh, his ability to defend. Um, so I would, you know, what that'd be really interesting. Maybe maybe the Pacers send over. I'm, I'm sorry, the Mavericks send over Dwight Powell, and I don't even know who else um, because I think Dwight Powell, who is, I'm I'm super big on Dwight Powell. Not enough people talk about the yeah. the, the the Dallas Mavericks supporting cast. Um, Dwight Powell, relative to his volume, is one of the most efficient big men in the NBA. So. Um fun fact actually. I just have to throw this in there cuz I was just looking <laughs> this up the other day. Dwight Powell has ended a game with a true shooting percentage at least with a, at least 100% or over 100% in 3 games this season. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So Dwight Powell is actually secretly one of the best players in the NBA that nobody ever talks about ever. No, but seriously, um I do think Dallas would be a really 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 interesting uh, suitor for for Miles Turner.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you hundred percent. I really like Miles Turner plugging in on that team, what he could do. Especially because another thing too is that from what I hear, and maybe Indiana Twitter will correct me, maybe Pacers Twitter will correct me here, but I don't hear of any complaints about Turner. I know Ooh. you know statistically he's he's shooting less, he's shooting less. I'm saying from from Turner, like about his role. Oh, I, have you heard anything?
2: Yeah, so I was actually gonna say this.
1: Uh, when we first started
2: talking about them, that I do every time we play the Pacers this season. So now we've played them four times every single time. (laughs) Yeah, every week a season. Yeah, there were always people in my mentions, you know, before the game, during the game, after the game, that were trashing uh, Miles Turner that were Pacers fans. Um, So I don't know if that's just a very weird niche medium that has flocked to me, or if that's sort of a, a shared... Uh, consensus among the fan base i don't know which it is but there are definitely some people that are very dissatisfied with miles turner
1: for sure oh i meant i meant um i meant in terms of like turner dissatisfied with his role oh the fact that the fact that he's shooting the least amount of shots since his rookie year um he he seems to i haven't heard any grumblings about him being upset about that
2: yeah no as far as that goes yeah sorry no i got nothing totally misunderstood but yeah i have no (laughs) idea
1: Yeah, but anyways, um, enough Indiana talk, because that was a lot of time to talk about a team that we don't think is going to make a move. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, okay, what's another team that you want to bring so up? So
2: this this one's a little bit more exciting, and this is right, the one that, that, this was the first one that came to mind, is the Miami Heat, because yeah. they are exceeding expectations this season. Um, before we just started, I was just saying to my girlfriend, I am one of the last people um, on planet Earth that that is holding out on the Miami heat because I refuse to believe that they're good. And it's mainly because of my distaste for heat Twitter. It's because of my distaste for Jimmy Butler and, and just the Miami heat as, as, as a whole. Um, But I do, I do recognize that they're exceeding expectations. I recognize that they're very, very good. They had a great game against the the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, They are, it seems like just one guy away from Mm -hmm. Wait a second. How do we stop this team? Because if Duncan Robinson is going to be hitting 10 threes in a game, um, Bam Adebayo is going to be, you know, playing out of his Miami mind. Uh, Kendrick Nunn's going to be, you know, coming out of nowhere. And Jimmy Butler is going to be Jimmy Butler. I mean, that's a man, that's an exceptional team. So I think if anybody could get that, get a trade done, uh, to put that team over the edge, I think it would be Pat Riley. I think it's safe to say that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say the Miami Heat are probably one of the more interesting teams to to watch going into February.
1: Yeah, and I had them written down but the reason I didn't bring them up um one is because I thought there was a chance that you would bring them up. But the yeah. other thing that I think I keep thinking about with this team is what kind of assets do they have to trade because when you look at this team, it's like they're getting contributions from all their players and all their players are fitting their roles so perfectly that well, well, we agree that there's something that needs to come to take them to the next level. But in order to get there, you would have to trade something that is of quality. Oh, of course. So of, of quality, like they, because they, they can't just do, they, they have the Dion waiters and the, and the, uh, and the uh James johnson contracts so those basically dead monies that they could in theory like a uh, a normal team could attach picks to right. and then and then just disregard and get a good player and turn nothing into something they could definitely do that, but the problem is they don't have picks, so they can't do that, so they have to trade actual like asset for asset players 100%. And I think that I think that Miami can do that though I think Miami's one of the organizations that's smart enough that they can find like a okay uh you know Goran Dragic what some somebody that makes 19 million um you know he's not working out in your situation why don't we just trade because Goran Dragic isn't working out to our standards here in Miami so let's swap these two for you know um, just because you know they believe that it's kind of like a one of those player for player trades that rarely happen today in in, in NBA trades but i think if anybody can get one of those done it's miami
2: yeah for sure um i i think uh with the heat i mean man this is and this this sort of goes back to sort of some of my uh the root of some of my issues with with heat fans is that they're similar to pistons fans in the regard that basically any player that's available um they think that they're going to acquire them and it did end up being <laughs> true with jimmy butler i'll concede that but It was also a thing with Bradley Beal, and it's a thing with DeMar DeRozan, and it's a thing with Kevin Love, it's a thing with Chris Paul, yeah. It's you know, it's it's a thing, yeah. And Chris Paul, that's another that's another great one. Um, The Heat, if you remember, were almost unable to complete the Jimmy Butler trade because Mm -hmm. the salaries weren't matching. They like it, it just wasn't working, so they just had to you know keep crunching the numbers and figure something out. So it's gotten to a point where. Any player that you're going to acquire is probably going to have a pretty hefty salary. And yeah, I mean, I'm sort of just piggybacking on what you were saying. It would be very difficult for them to get anything done that puts them over the edge. But I'm just going to go back to what I originally said. If anybody can do it, it is the godfather, Pat Riley. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't know, you know who that player would be because obviously there's an assortment of them. Um, but uh, also, like you said, then you're taking somebody out of a role that they were kind of thriving in uh, and sort of taking a gamble on, a, on what you think is an upgrade and, you know, it may not turn out to be that. Um, so you may ruin a good thing that you have. It's just mm-hmm. going to be really
1: interesting to see. Yeah, it will. Because the other the other wrinkle to this is that Jimmy Butler's older, um, you know, and then all they got these young guys, Harrow, Bam, Duncan Robinson, uh, Kendrick, Nunn, All four of those guys, Justice Winslow, five young guys, great pieces. But you're kind of scared to trade them because, you know, that's kind of your only future because you don't have picks. So it's really tough. Like they can't, uh, you know, are are you really going to trade Tyler Hero for somebody? Are you going to get somebody at $3.6 million that brings you more value than Tyler Hero? Probably not. So you're so Miami's kind of screwed in the fact that they're just a team like just compiled with these middle tier contracts and you know and like I said so reliant on every player that they have to the point where to the point where it's really like you know like you said it's like they're taking a risk by making by making a trade. It's almost as if their best course is to stand pat despite everything that the Heat the Heat DNA ha- is. And, you know, and what basketball would suggest that this team is like on the verge of really actually being something good that oh, can that can make some noise.
2: For sure. And that's actually it's a perfect segue into what I was actually going to say. And then we can we can go on to, to your second team um, that you're 100 percent right. What I was going to say was at the end of the day, if they can't get something done, which in all likelihood they can't don't get it twisted like this is not a bad team to roll with like they don't have a bad thing going in miami like they would they're going to be completely fine there's a chance they could win a playoff series this year um but that's sort of it you know what i mean they don't they i don't think they'll be able to take it to the next level but as it stands this is by no means a bad basketball team like they don't have to make a trade it would just you know greatly improve their chances of
1: uh furthering their season absolutely absolutely i think Miami's definitely going to be a team to watch. And regardless, we're gonna hear Miami rumors all throughout oh, the for deadline. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Because that seems to be the one that the media is talking about a lot. But can we talk about another one where I don't usually do this, but I'm gonna take a victory lap and talk about how right I was. And that is the New Orleans Pelicans, because I was saying since the day they the the whole A D trade soccer was unfolding. I love Drew Holiday, but you know, it didn't really like it's time for them to trade all of their assets that they have and really just kind of play their young talent. You got what look like two very good pieces to start in Brandon Ingram and Zion Williams, and then I also like how Lonzo's been playing for stretches. I like uh, I like obviously Josh Hart has played well. Some of these other guys have come in. Uh, Williams has come in and had some some good games. So overall, I like. I I like the young movement that they have, but the guys like J.J. Redick and Drew Holiday and Derek Favors are three guys that I think that they could get value for around the league. And I I know that they want to be competitive and be young. They want to do kind of that Boston thing where it's like we don't really have to rebuild. We're just going to be good and be young, but that's so hard to do. And I think that this is the window to maximize your value for those three guys. Like, if Derek Favors comes back and plays good basketball for the next month or two, he's a good trade asset that I think a lot of teams would be interested in. J.J. Redick will always get interest at two years, $13 million. That's not a bad price tag for him. And Drew Holiday is locked up for three years at a contract. That's expensive at $26 million, but... He's proven to be an amazing uh, amazing caliber guard. I mean what he did in the playoffs against Portland was absolutely unbelievable two seasons ago. So I would say I, I've been saying from the jump that they should trade these guys. I get that they want to they want to have Zion be competitive in his first year and all that and they want to be fun but they gotta they gotta maximize their value and they got to trade holiday favors and Redick because right now they are in the standings. They are six and twenty-one. They are, you know, not as far out as you would think being in the Western Conference of the playoff race. But still, I, I I don't see this team as a playoff team or anywhere near that. They seem to have a lot of a lot of mess just beyond just beyond injuries when it comes to this team. So I think it's time for them to move and you know have a fire sale. Maybe not necessarily right now, but at the deadline, they should definitely be moving all three of those names.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's honestly not too much that I can add on to that. That was an a impeccable assessment. You're 100% right. <laughs> um, with with J.J. Redick, uh, you're looking at a guy who's never missed the playoffs in his career, I believe, is is, is the, the record. I, I don't think he's ever missed yeah. the playoffs. So he's That's he's true. someone that um, as soon as he was signed, um, I was on record very quickly saying it was going to be one of the more under-radar uh, under the radar pickups of the summer, and that ended up being true. Everyone just kind of nobody really talked about it, but I thought it was going to be really, really nice. And and you're completely right that people are going to be interested in him interested in interested in him, uh, no matter what the case is, because he's one of the best three point shooters of all time um, in today's NBA. Every single team needs more three and D guys. Um, you know, maybe Houston, maybe I don't know, maybe in a really wonky situation uh maybe the sixers want to try to get him back i have no idea
1: yeah um that's been a that's been a fan theory that's been floating on twitter for the last like year and a half ever since ad saga started and i i love that idea of drew holiday because he's he's phenomenal like i'll i'll say kevin love was the trade piece that we talked about was probably the biggest right now but i think if holiday comes on the market he is the best trade piece because i'm just a huge believer in holiday and he could do a lot of things for a lot of teams.
2: Yeah. I mean, the the Pelicans seemed pretty adamant that, you know, he's the franchise player. We're not going to move him. He's, you know, he's going to be a Pelican for as long as he wants to be here. But um, I think the potential return on him could be too enticing that you kind of just want to say, all right, this is what we need to do. Um, Because, they don't have a bad young core like in the future. They're in the same paradigm as the Atlanta Hawks, where they are setting themselves up beautifully for the future because they have such outstanding young players. Um, so, I, I do agree with you. I think it's time for them to pick a direction. I will say that. What did you say? Six and twenty-one. I do think that they they actually are better than what their record will show. Um, they're just a terrible third quarter team. Um, it was like three out of their four games coming into the Detroit game that they just came out in the third quarter and just got whomped. They're just so flat. Um, they don't really know, like, how to – They they just never really – Stick to what's working for them. If they're if they're scoring a lot inside, they're just all of a sudden going to put up a lot of perimeter shots, and vice versa, stuff like that. They just never stick to what's working for them. Um, and and it, after the Pelicans game, when when Derrick Rose hit that game winner, um, I, I admitted that I was wrong about Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes is pretty good. Like he yeah. is pretty good. He's basically just diet Christian Wood. Um, <laughs> as it's, I mean, he you know they're they're going to be in the same paradigm pretty pretty soon here in a few years. But but uh, Jackson Hayes. I, I thought they should have gone with a wing in the draft to go with Zion and kill Alexander-Walker, but, they—they they, man, that Jackson Hayes pick was really, really nice. Um, even you look at a guy like Jaleel Okafor, maybe you get a second-round pick for him. I don't know what his value is, but he's even a guy that you could look at trading, even though he just turned yeah. 24 uh, today, actually, I believe. So, happy birthday, Jaleel Okafor. But <laughs> um, Pelicans are a very interesting team. I'd be surprised if they traded all three of the aforementioned players. Um, yeah. Especially Drew Holiday, man, they just seem too committed to him, but that would mm-hmm. definitely be a very interesting blockbuster deal,
1: yeah, and that that's one of the few trades I think that could really shift the balance in the league. Um I think it seems like it's going to be a buyout market season rather than a trade season. but i I think that Drew Holiday is one that could definitely shake it out. And I agree with you, like trading even just those three people that I named that I think they should trade. Trading all three of them is kind of is kind of unlikely just because of number one, their salaries and number two, the fact that like people, people underestimate it's not 2K when you're when you're making trades. You know, you can't just trade your entire roster like halfway through like teams don't ever really do that in season. Unless you know.
2: you're the 2017 Cleveland Cavaliers, yes. or the 2018 oh, wow. Cleveland Cavaliers, and you just go berserk and 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 Nick doesn't check his phone for 30 minutes, and then boom, you got two Lakers, you got Derrick Rose as a Jazz, like it's it's it was insane. But but no, you're you're 100 right.
1: Yeah. One. Can I throw out one Drew Holiday team that I think is super interesting? And this is a super super wonky trade. I mean, yeah. All right super wonky trade that I would love to see happen that I don't think has any chance happening. What if New Orleans picks up the po- the phone and calls the Jazz and it's like, "Yo, I know this Conley thing isn't working how you want it to work. Let's build a trade around uh, around Conley and Holiday. What do you think?" You I know, Conley but- Conley picks Conley and picks, you get you get off that contract a year sooner. You get a you get a more expensive contract, but you get off that next year for the summer of 2021, the big free agency summer if you're in New Orleans. And Mike Conley for all his, you know, injuries and all that, I think, you know, if there's if there's any point guard you want your you want your young big to play with, it's uh it's Mike Conley.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's totally fair as long as the the Jazz are sending picks Oh yeah, Pelicans.
1: Um, they have to. I just checked their picks. They have only they only owe one second round pick in, this year to Memphis. Okay. So they could. So they have some first to move.
2: Yeah, I mean that could happen. I don't think it's entirely out of the realm of possibility. I, I do think it is a little bit fantasy land, but. Um, yeah. uh no, that's not even a slight against you. Like we would all love to see that. It's just, you know, I mean, we know how this stuff works. That, that yeah, would just
1: You play. don't trade a player that you that you just acquired like that, you know, in 6 months rarely, I should say. Right. So,
2: yeah, I, I'd be pretty surprised um but that would be awesome. Like the Jazz would be, I mean, that's a 50-win team right there.
1: Yeah. That's a team that's uh that's a team Holiday and Holiday and uh Dante and or Donovan in the backcourt. That's a uh, that's something
2: that's a good defensive team right there.
1: Yeah, that's a very good defensive team right there. Just wanted to throw out one a yeah, sure. wonky tra- trade trade uh, suggestion. Uh, it's your turn, I believe. Yeah, it's your turn yeah, to pick. Yeah, this up. What's is this is my final
2: team? team. So it was between like four different teams, um, and this one's not that exciting, but I do have my reasons. I really, really like the San Antonio Spurs.
1: Because oh, I had them and I took them off. Let's okay. hear it.
2: It's I mean, it's really simple. It's DeMar DeRozan. It's LaMarcus Aldridge, because mm-hmm. we, we talked earlier about how, how Kevin Love is probably the hottest commodity on the trade market right now. Well, DeMar DeRozan's definitely right there, too. Um, and a lot of people think, you know, he could be the one that ends up in Miami. We'll see about that. But. I really am curious to see what direction they take, because the Spurs are not going to make the playoffs this year, so Greg Popovich's streak is going to be snapped. The Spurs are kind of—they sort of got forced into a downward spiral, um, and they're just in a really, really bad situation. I don't know if they would trade LaMarcus Aldridge, but I know a lot of people want him to be traded. Obviously, DeRozan's going to be gone by February. I I, want to say for sure, but who knows? (laughs) Um, so I'm really just curious to see what they do with those two players. It's really just for selfish reasons. Like that's what I'm paying the most attention to. That's what I'm reading the most about just because that's what's so interesting to me is, is what the value of those two players actually is. And they wouldn't get traded in a package. I wouldn't imagine, but you know, individually, what can you get for them? Um, and, and more importantly, obviously where they end up is just fascinating to me.
1: Yeah. You, are exactly right because that is all the reasons that I wrote down San Antonio originally I was like man I'm just really fascinated by what does DeMar DeRozan and Aldridge get in you know in assu- assuming separate deals um I believe Aldridge has just one year left right or is it two? Oh, he has two as well I was gonna say yeah yeah, so he has two as well. Okay, because I was thinking, I was thinking for some reason Aldridge had one, so I was thinking they they let Aldridge walk at the beginning of the year. At, well, is it a at the end of year? Is trade. it a
2: one and one? Does he have a player option, oh, or is it just two? Um,
1: I don't know. I'm looking at I'm I'm looking because I think it's on a one ESPN. and one. I think
2: he can opt out this summer. I could be completely wrong, okay. but
1: yeah. Um, but you know why I took them off because of the fact that I checked the standings and they're literally just one game out of the playoffs, like. It is insane how the West... The, isn't it crazy? At 10 and 15, they are one game out of the Western Conference. Not the Eastern Conference. Oh, it's, a, the it's definitely... Um,
2: it's lost on a lot of people how close they are. How close the two conferences are. You have your handful of teams that are at the top in each conference, but even then, the Bucks and the Lakers have pretty much the exact same record. They only have three losses each, so... Yeah. Um, and then after that, like, the Detroit Pistons are 11-15. and 15, Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they yep. are still one and a half games out of that eighth place spot. Just one. Just one now, so... It's, it's really not, not too far off. Once you get to, like, the fifth seed, I mean, you really just – it's it's the same. The West is not nearly – it's not marginally better than the East anymore. Now there's been such a huge um, parity shift. I mean, this was sort of the biggest thing about this summer is you, you look at it and you're like, wow, the NBA actually has parity now. Well, look yeah. at the standings because that's 100% true.
1: Yeah, I mean, to blow your mind even more, right now the eighth seed in the East is better than the eighth seed in the West. Boom. It's, uh, Orlando is 12 and 14 and Phoenix is all the way at 11 and 14. Boom. Yeah. I mean,
2: it's, it's, it's a real thing. It's not just, you know, yeah. uh, us being dumb. Yeah. No, it's, there's, it's, uh, both conferences are kind of bad. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that's why I, t- I originally took San Antonio out just because I, I feel like San Antonio is just, they're going to do like the Greg Popovich way is to, is to just ride it out just Max Greg Popovich is always about just maximizing whatever he has so i feel like that's always going to be their plan you know i know there's the, the there's the Demar DeRozan trade rumors and the Aldridge trade rumors but ultimately i pulled back on that now again right now they still are technically out of the playoffs and there's th- there's three teams between them in the playoffs and that crazy like wonky tie right now that they got um but I just think that I just think that San Antonio is going to hold on to it and ride it out and kind of see what happens. But in a couple months, who knows? I mean, by February, we'll have a much better idea if San Antonio is going to be a buyer or seller. And I agree with you that it's very interesting to see what DeMar or Aldridge get in value in return. I would think DeRozan has better value, right?
2: Oh, no question. No question. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it, it's it's you know he's not a guy that he want in Detroit, but um, <laughs> he's like it, he's he's a super niche fit. I don't know off the top of my head where that would be. Um, I am still honestly kind of excited about him, and am still low key thinking about through our conversation here, uh, Miles Turner in Dallas. Like just to go back to that for like <laughs> two seconds. Like when we get off of this, I'm a hundred percent going to tweet that out. Um, okay. uh, but yeah, I, I like the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I, I again I don't care that they're a game out I, I still think they're not going to make the playoffs I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to be buyers I think if anything they will be sellers but you're you are you're completely right that there is a chance that they just kind of stay the course and they just say well we're just going to see kind of what happens here <laughs> because yeah. they, I mean it's DeMar DeRozan and DeJounte Murray both like deleted their Instagrams and uh, their Instagram accounts and, and, and the last time that DeMar did that he was traded so people are kind of like okay well is something happening there Um, the Spurs don't deal well with disgruntled players we learned within the last few years. I mean, the last time they had one, he was like clamoring that he wanted to be traded to Los Angeles. So what did the Spurs do? They shipped him out of the country. They deported him. Uh, (laughs) so who knows what's going to happen? I mean, they're actually, people do think that there's a chance that the Raptors could go after DeMar DeRozan and that would be absolutely hilarious. Um, but that's, that's my third and final team that I'm paying close attention to.
1: Okay, and my third and final team—you actually just brought up Toronto. Toronto, boom! Toronto, man, you are killing these segways. <laughs> <laughs> is people
2: going to think this was like, uh, okay, you say this, and it's going to be a seg- no? This is actually a coincidence. We're just kind of yeah.
1: segwaying perfectly. Yeah, this is just what this is just what natural born talent yeah. does.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All, right. All right, so Toronto. I have them written down and they are fascinating to me simply because at the start of this season in the preseason podcast even, I, I talked with my guy Lear Kozai who covers the Raptors and we were talking about the possibility of being sellers at the trade deadline and he said I don't think Toronto's gonna be sellers. He's like, In fact, I think they might even be buyers. Oh, and for sure. I was like I was like, You are crazy. I can I just thought that they were gonna you know, sell off piece by piece whatever they could get of the of of the team. You know, they might stay the course, or but more than likely, I thought that they were gonna see what they could get for Ibaka, see what they could get for Gasol, see what they could get for Lowry. Um, if anybody, they would have kept Lowry just out of the respect, right? For sure. But um, but I I definitely thought that they were going to be sellers, and I was totally totally wrong on that part because now I think at seventeen and eight they're. You know, they're only a couple games back. They're a game and a half back of the third seed and two games back of the second seed. So they are playing fantastic. They are right in the thick of things at the top of the conference, despite being the fifth seed. Um, Pascal is playing great. Fred Van Fleet's been playing great when he was healthy. Um, Norman Powell's been amazing in Fred Van Fleet's absence. Like, Everybody is continuously stepping up and doing a good job in Toronto. And now I'm thinking, you know, they're, they're going to be buyers. You know, I thought they were going to be sellers and they were going to do, uh, they weren't going to go full tank mode and play Stanley Johnson at small four, <laughs> 30 minutes a game. But but they were former Piston great. But I thought that they were for sure going to look to sell. And, you know, now they're, I think that they're reasonable buyers, right?
2: Yeah, for sure. And
1: the comparison
2: that I'm going to go ahead and make, and and maybe it's a, a little reachy, but the Raptors this year are almost like the 2015, or I think it was in 2015 Ohio State Buckeyes when they they they, they start the season with uh, uh, what's Braxton uh, Braxton Miller at quarterback and he's a Heisman favorite mm-hmm. and then J T Barrett comes in because Braxton Miller tore his ACL and then boom he's a Heisman favorite and then the last game of the year uh, uh, J T Barrett he like breaks his leg and he was he, he was like he was the guy and then Cardell Jones comes in and he wins the national championship for Ohio State so they just boom 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 quarterback you they just got next man up. These three quarterbacks yeah. just just in succession are just lighting it up, and that's sort of what you see in Toronto. Kyle Lowry is lighting it up. He, you know, he's, he's exceptional yeah. in the playoffs. He comes into the season. He's 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 an NBA champion, and then he goes down. And Fred Van Vliet comes in in his absence, and he's exceptional. and Then he goes down, and Norman Powell is just you know you know what I'm saying. Like it's just next yeah. up, and they've been they've been exceptional. Obviously, Pascal Siakam. I think we may have said this a month ago. Um, I don't know of any player in recent memory, or ever that has gotten this good this fast. Uh so Pascal Siakam has just been absolutely out of this world. Even Ibaka has been good. Gasol's been good. Everything's yeah. been good. So they're not going to be sellers. 100% no. Um yeah. what they could potentially buy remains to be seen. Yeah. But it what do they buy? Me. I don't know. I don't
1: That's what JJ kills me. JJ
2: Redick? I don't know. Robert Covington? Yeah.
1: I like I like JJ Reddick. I like Robert Covington yeah those I like those are great names I you know if you just came up with them off the top that is fantastic that off, off,
2: yeah hey man you know I do this thing no but uh, natural talent uh, <laughs> with JJ Reddick, I think you're sort of just getting Danny Green back just smaller and a little bit worse defensively yeah. um, Robert Covington is I think would be a, a more feasible and likable mm-hmm. option. I'm actually super yeah. on that train now. Robert Covington to Toronto. This is awesome. I just have to keep speaking this stuff, like just just keep talking out, like thinking out loud. And I just come up with great <laughs> ideas. So Robert Covington to Toronto, I'm all over that.
1: Yeah, but you got to keep, because I remember on the last podcast we did, there was something I said, I think it was something about Miami or Indiana. It was one of those two teams, and you were like, you know, I'm gonna tweet that right after the podcast. So what you need to do is you need to just call me. I'll answer. We yeah. <laughs> don't even have to record and just talk. And I'll just have the phone. I'll just have the phone next to me, and you just keep talking. I just keep talking. And you come up with yeah. your next pieces of ideas. I was gonna
2: say if I if I'm like, man, I can't think of any article ideas. Let me call Chris real quick. I got I just gotta talk some stuff out. And I'll be like, all right, thanks, man. You won't even say a word in two hours. Later, I'll just pick up the phone. <laughs>
1: But yeah, I mean, I'm all on board for Robert Covington to Toronto. That would be very fascinating for them to for them to get that kind of player. They would be that would be a whole another step up for them. Honestly, he's he's another piece who I think is going to be very very um, interesting. And I think he'll get. I think ultimately, even though Minnesota wants to make the playoffs, I think somebody's going to give them su- such a good offer that they can't refuse because all the teams want to win right now like there's so many teams that think that they can win and so i think that it's just going to create a huge bidding war and i think i think Covington's going to end up getting like when when we see the trade for covington everybody's going to be like whoa that yeah, much
2: for sure i think that's the thing is whoever trades for him and you know it's going to be it's a really meticulous process sort of vetting out the, the offers for for robert covington because yeah, I, you know what I'd love him in Detroit. I love Rocco to be a, a Detroit piston, but at the end of the day, I don't want to shell out a first round pick and whatever else for Robert Covington because he doesn't transcend this team. He doesn't turn this team into anything that we aren't already. Sure, maybe we'll win in a game or two just because of his defensive effort, offensive effort, whatever you want to say. But whoever trades for him, if it's Houston, if it's if it's the Raptors, you know, whoever it is, it's going to be a team that Robert Covington takes them to the next level and he really is a you know one of the final pieces to that possible championship puzzle. And so they'll be okay with shelling out that first round pick because if they're picking you know 25 through 30 at the end of the day, whatever. Yeah. Um, do you kind of get what I'm saying? So the, yeah. you know the Raptors have a lot less to lose than Detroit would for you know Trey. Mm-hmm. if it's a middle of the road team like he's already in, and I don't think you'll see that trade getting done. I think it'll be to a team that is a potential contender. Maybe that's the Milwaukee Bucks. I have no idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think that it's a it's ultimately a contender that gets it. I don't think he justifies, like you said, he he's a great player that every team in this league w- would want. All thirty teams want a Robert Covington, no doubt about it. For sure. But um, but again, like you said, it it, it makes those kind of players. Have such a greater impact on a championship team than a than a like fringe playoff team. Don't get me wrong, like you said, they'll improve us. They'll, they'd get the Pistons a couple more wins, but they but it's not. It doesn't change really the the whole conversation about the Detroit Pistons. Whereas like if Toronto, like I was just playing with the trade machine right now, and you know they can give up just McCall and Stanley and a pick and get tr- and get Covington, like they can. As far as salary wise, they don't have to attach any um, valuable players unless that's what the trade market ends up demanding. Like unless Covington ends up being like a prospect and a pick, which I don't know if I I don't think he will get that much. Well, if
2: it's with for Covington, I mean you're looking you are looking at more than just matching contracts. I mean, sure, maybe maybe McCaw and and Stanley get it done, Um, but then you're definitely giving up more than one pick. Um, maybe yeah, that's two yeah, seconds 100%. maybe that's a first and a future second whatever it is um, if those are the players that are going out multiple picks are going out as well
1: right right yeah so- but i'm just saying it's scary that toronto can do that trade without having to give up anything that really matters in the in the present right now oh for like sure as far as as far as player wise like i would have thought looking at this i would have thought damn like they might have to trade norman powell who's yeah. been good or van fleet who's been good you know, but no, they can get it done with just uh, with just McCall and, and Stanley and some and some picks, which is uh, if 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 they made a move like that, where if they just made an all in move, we're like, here we'll give, like you said, a first and a second or two seconds or whatever, and McCall and Stanley and got Covington to add to a core of Lowry, Pascal, Marcus, Soul, Abaca, Powell, Van Fleet, and Anobi. That's a monster squad.
2: For sure. And if you're the, the Timberwolves, you're giving up Robert Covington for a player in Stanley Johnson who was supposed to be Robert Covington. As, <laughs> a, you know, a mega, mega, mega on ball defender. That doesn't make any sense. You know, an exceptional on ball defender <laughs> yeah. who can also stretch the floor. And he can do one of those things, but, you know, his yeah. offense is just really, really bad. So you're getting like super ultra diet Rocco. For for Robert Covington And like I don't know I think Stanley can be serviceable Elsewhere I I just you know Nick Nurse hates him So I I don't think Toronto's that place I think Stanley's gotta
1: move on Yeah man I mean I really love your your ability. You should you should work for the Toronto front office the way you're able to sell Stanley Johnson.
2: <laughs> I mean he's good. I mean he can defend no, he, is. He, he really can and, and, and his last year in
1: Detroit, I really love his defense.
2: He uh I mean he locked down Kawhi last year in in, in, in Toronto in the final possessions of the game and, and Reggie mm-hmm. Bullock eventually ended up winning the game at the buzzer. Uh you know, he was having good games at Brooklyn. His, his offensive takes weren't all that bad. He's, he's definitely improving. It's sort of like Bruce Brown, where his defense has always kind of been there, but his offensive game is sort of an ever improving experience where you just kind of have to work on it. Um, some nights he'll give you, I don't know, three for four, three for five from deep other nights. He'll give you oh for six. It's just kind of a, it's a waiting game. And unfortunately I don't think Dwayne Casey was very patient. Um, yeah uh, and in retrospect I would rather have Stanley Johnson over Thonmaker, but you know that trade is yeah. still bizarre that that even happened actually there you go that's a one for one trade we we you mentioned earlier that that doesn't really happen that was one yeah it was straight up just Stanley Johnson for Thonmaker
1: and it somehow worked out for neither it's
2: oh it, well because it, well, it was he was in New Orleans it was weird because he got traded to Milwaukee yeah but, like never actually went to Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, he got was, rerouted to New Orleans. Yeah,
2: it was just like the. I think I don't even know if the what the Bucks got from that. I think it was like a-
1: the Miritich, right?
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's true. That's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, no. I all, all jokes aside, I do. I I do still want Stanley to figure it out because I think he. I believe in his defense so much. Like I really am a fan of that kind of player and. You know, I think that if he can ever just figure it out offensively and become consistent on that end of the floor, at least to a at least to a certain threshold, um, you know, then he can be a useful player on a on a team like on a on a very good team, too. I think we should just
2: say, get him to Dallas and he'll figure it out. Yeah, I don't even know why I just Miles (laughs) Turner and Stanley Johnson will be Dallas Mavericks by the time we record in February.
1: Yes, or by the time this podcast is up, let's just make this happen right now. That's true.
2: Is When is this coming out? Is, this, is what, what day? Because today, the day, the day that we're recording this is Sunday the 15th. What day yeah. is this coming out?
1: It's coming out tomorrow. Okay. So tomorrow. So, so good morning, anxiety.
2: everybody, on, on Monday, uh, the 16th of December. Uh, Pretty crazy that Woj tweeted about Stanley Johnson and Miles Turner being Dallas Mavericks. That was pretty
1: wild. Yeah, it was very wild. Oh, and then how very about that,
2: that Toronto trade getting Robert Covington? That was crazy yeah.
1: too. I mean, who needs Woj?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for coming on this podcast, Nick. I greatly appreciate it, man. I'm really uh I really enjoy our conversations. I have a lot of fun talking with you, talking basketball. Love talking trades. I love kicking around all these ideas and you know at this point i think it, it just has to be a, a monthly thing it has to be the 15th of every month no, no matter what day it falls on yeah. no matter what's going on in our lives no we question. Just have to pot on the 15th as
2: long as the <laughs> as long as the pistons aren't playing when we need to record maybe we'll you know just adjust our schedules
1: accordingly but yeah. absolutely the 15th of every month that is that's a go for sure all right book it <laughs> all right nick take care thank you for coming on the thank podcast you very man. much man i, I appreciate greatly you. appreciate it why don't you plug where you uh where you are on and yeah so uh, and that you do.
2: folks go ahead and follow me on twitter uh my at I'll, I'll just go ahead and spell it out at n-i-c-o-l-a-s-h-e-n-k-e-l that is at nicholas Hinkle. also i write for piston power got some stuff on there after every single pistons game um got my, my post game recap videos that i do for every pistons game um also i drink beer on periscope sometimes so that's pretty interesting as well um yeah. I, is that's the extent of what i do i guess i, I, don't,
1: I don't really got to sell myself anymore that, that's pretty interesting yeah yeah i mean and trust me the live streams are great that he does on periscopes or the periscopes i mean that's live streaming so yeah, yeah. i mean as long as i'm not getting sued it's pretty fun yeah that wasn't fun but <laughs> very true
2: that, that was that, <laughs> very sorry, true. that was not a fun time i took a break from streaming for a
1: little bit yeah but you're back now we're back baby yeah (laughs) all right nick thank you man uh continue to do the great work that you do and uh we'll be talking soon thank you man take it easy
0: whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kaskali ribocyclib 200 mg at k i s q a l i com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kaskali ribocyclib 200 mg at k i s q a l i com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you